All right. right. Teresa Banks is dead. A Deer Path podcast. (laughs) Going back. You had that one loaded. I know. I was excited about that. Just kidding. Laura Palmer is dead. A Twin Peaks podcast, and we're talking about Fire Walk with Me. How are you guys feeling? Untraumatized yet, or still shaking in the fetal position (laughs) in your bedrooms? I have no desire to ever see this movie again. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. It is really, really, really dark. It's a mindfuck. Really dark. Definitely any veneer of like the small town charm is definitely stripped away. And it's much more art filmy than what we're used to seeing. What I'm used to It's seeing. no longer a soap opera parody. Yeah. yeah. No. Now not at all. Now it's now we're in uh, David Lynch's mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot to talk about. Want to dive in with talking about Deer Path, the fun new hip town that all the kids are hanging out in. Which, speaking of parodies, is like a parody of Twin Peaks. It yes. is. Yeah, and the diner is like a nightmarish. Clown, like a clown face. Did you catch that? The sign of Hap's Diner is like a broken clown face with a tear. It's always David Lynch likes that the clown image. He's got it all over Leo Johnson's house. Yeah, oh that's true. Um, We definitely so we're the beginning of Fire Walk with Me is dealing with Teresa Banks' murder, and it really interesting choice slash a bold and maybe doesn't quite pay off choice to start the story with no characters that we know. It's new agents, Agent Chester Desmond, played by Chris Isaac, and Sam Stanley, played by Kiefer Sutherland, both instructed by Gordon Cole. But, you know, no Cooper, no Twin Peaks, and we're investigating Teresa Banks and her murder in Deer Path. And right away, it's completely devoid of the charm of Twin Peaks. Like, the Sheriff's Department... They're not helpful. Yeah. As we learn through, I <laughs> forgot. Sheriff, I forgot. Lil. The sheriff could bend a metal rod. Yeah. Over his head, he's oh, super yeah. strong. And let's he's also talk about <laughs> how we yeah. find out Teresa Banks is murdered. Is as the credits are rolling, then it just says Teresa Banks, right? With a body floating yeah. by. Where Tom mentioned, he's like, oh. So that's not a person in this? That's who the <laughs> character is? Right. Yeah, you think you're still in the credits, and Teresa Banks right. is like an actress if you weren't a Twin Peaksian. Right. Uh, oh. but yeah. He, yeah, it just flashes Teresa Banks yeah. on the screen as her yeah. body's floating down over. I mean, obviously, to say you don't weird. think it's Laura yeah. Palmer, because yeah. that's right. where you would usually go. And we yeah. know it's a prequel, but it's not strictly speaking a prequel. There's kind of sideways storylines happening. Um, we do get this little beginning with very lynchy stuff with this Lil character who is the woman wearing red who kind of mimes out several different things. And Chris mm. Isaac later explains to Kiefer Sutherland that like she has what a sour mean. face, which means like everything she does mm. means something, which is kind of different for David Lynch to have something weird and explain it <laughs> step by step, except yeah. for... They don't ever explain her blue rose. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Which is, True. I think, purposely oh, left yeah. a mystery. But yeah. And first, before he explains like everything she's doing, he like makes a gesture. I'm talking about uh, David Lynch's character. Uh, Gordon. Gordon, Gordon yeah. He like puts his hand over his face like with his yeah. fingers or something. Yeah. I, think, I think that sort of means like she's undercover. 
And right. Like, she's doing uh, this dance to convey a lot of information without like breaking her cover. Exactly. Right. And without. Chris Isaac explains that as well, but I can't remember. Right. What I was trying to take notes, but it, he literally yeah. is explaining so quickly, and it's a really quiet scene where they're driving, where you miss a lot. And a lot of what she's indicating is that they're not going to get cooperation from the Deer Path yeah. Sheriff's Department, which is, of course, polar opposite of like the instant Harry comes into Cooper's life. It's like love at first sight, and everyone in Twin Peaks is so helpful and pretty. I mean, that's the other thing. The actors in Deer Path are very normal to sort of weird-looking <laughs> people. versus looking Right, versus you're like, think about like the Hap Steiner waitress versus like Norma. I mean, it's, we get so used to Twin Peaks being kind of beautiful mm-hmm. that Deer Path is like startlingly bleak and sad. And probably more like the small town that Twin Peaks would be (laughs) if it wasn't this, like, idealized portrait Mm -hmm. of small town America. But, yeah, definitely a strange choice, and I can see where fans would be upset and maybe a little confused that the first almost... I don't don't know. Is it how long is it I think partly why people don't like it, too, is... Or they weren't fans, like... Right. The people at the Cannes Film Festival weren't fans of necessarily of Twin Peaks the show, mm-hmm. so Right. It's you slow. have to you have to watch the show to watch the movie. Right. It really You're slow to get to a payoff. Really you know, it's a lot of like bizarre characters we don't know, story we don't really care about yet. And it's not it doesn't feel it doesn't feel important. Even right. towards the end of it, you're like as we're talking about this, it's like nothing really... Yes, we learn about Teresa's death and how it's related to Laura Palmer. Right. But that's it. There's no reason for them to have the sheriff's department. Yeah. There's no reason to for Chet to disappear and then we don't talk about it again. Right. It's There's... just weird that it's so much time is taken up with this. And then it's right. just like... It's more mystery. But oh. we could assume that Leland killed Chet... Because he got close to the trailer. It could be. I mean, we really don't know. I was thinking, actually, that Chet might have been taken over by the Dugpas and be in, like, the Black Lodge. Because David Bowie's character, we're introduced to (laughs) Jeffries, has been... He's an agent who's been missing for two years, and he shows up in the Sheriff's Department under... (laughs) Or the Sheriff's Department, in the FBI, under mysterious circumstances, where, like, Cooper is seeing Gordon because he had a dream, which... What He's perfect. describing a dream, but yet, wait, when does it turn real, though? Like, it, they're it, like, it, it was here. Is it ever like a dream it, flashback? I was very confused during that. So exactly. It's, so, Jeffries was never there. They determined by the security cameras that Jeffries never showed up at the FBI. I thought they said, no, he, they was, they yeah. said he was there then. Yeah. He's there, like, but he then he disappears here. again. Like, he was right. gone for two years. He shows up in, I think, kind of Which a vision. Which he's on the video, though. Right, he's on the video. No, no, the video, he's not on the video. No, he is. Oh, he is? The video. Oh, he is? He is okay. Yeah. Huh. It's, the way I interpreted was, Cooper had the dream that this was going to happen. And so right. then he was... He kept testing when will the video kind of cut out or yeah. when will he show up in the video but I not see. be there 
in like person because he wasn't right. there but he was there in the video and then they're like right. oh, he was here and then mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like almost like a holographic p- projection of him of some kind like I don't think he's really physically in body there yeah. I think he's actually like in the black lodge or the waiting room or whatever we want to call above the convenience store then the, that's well he was investigating scene, above the convenience store which has all the like Doug Puzz and magicians and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think they probably abducted him. Possibly. This is just like a or theory. he is one. He's Could Bowie. He's Bowie, yeah. <laughs> so, but, Never underestimate Bowie. But to, like, to Melissa's point, all would be fine if we had been invested in like Jeffries and his story, but to throw it in there and then almost use it to like distract us from some kind of important mythos with like the scene that they show very briefly over the convenience store that has Bob and Mrs. Tremond and the magician Creamed Corn Boy and possibly the Log Lady's lady's husband. Um, You know, we're distracted because it's David Bowie and like all this stuff is going on. So it's Really hard to keep at the thread. And the n- nose masky guy who's just like dancing around. Oh, that's isn't that Cream Corn Boy? Yeah, well, Cream nope. Corn Boy wears that mask, but there's oh, another guy. There's another <laughs> guy. Like there's a, another guy who wears that mask yeah. too. I think so, they. Uh, I think there's like a Stone Temple Pilots video that's kind of oh, similar to that, yeah. where they have this yeah. like long nose guy in in the video, and he's, so every, it was like the midget. It was like yeah. the little man, but with like right kid and play hair. Yeah. So everybody who gets close to any of these mythical people, whether they're Doug Puzz or magicians or whatever, disappears. And it seems like a lot of FBI agents that are disappearing because Chet disappears. Um, Cooper goes to investigate Chet and doesn't find him. Right. Really, Cooper sort of strikes out a lot. (laughs) What is he? He finds the mound. Finds where the trailer would be because... We last see Chet looking under a trailer, and then he disappears, and the trailer disappears, and then that's where... Who finds the ring? Was it Chet or Cooper? Chet does. Chet finds it. But then he disappears. Then he disappears, yeah. So anyone who has the... So I think it's safe to say, like, this whole beginning kind of prologue, almost, with Deerpath and Chet, maybe it would have been... Maybe it will be important in season three, which we're about to watch in a little bit. Um, But it, it... really felt like almost two separate movies or yeah. didn't tie into like the Laura Palmer story, which was t- traumatizing, but compelling. I mean, you have to admit that like you thought about it yeah. for sure the day after. And it's because you were already invested in the characters. <laughs> right. Too, because the other stuff just kind of felt like, Hey, this stuff happened too. Right. Uh, Teresa was the first. Yeah. Here's how Teresa's linked back to Twin Peaks. And it does make, it does draw attention to, like, what Cooper says in the pilot of, like, life has meaning here, every life, it's not just a statistic, where Teresa Banks, no one claims her body, she's Mm. being, like, looked at in a tool shed, and, like, juxtaposing that with, like, Laura being incredibly cared for and everybody missing her and being obsessed with this case is way different. This is interesting, though, so the old lady and grandson... With the cream corn, cream yes, corn boy. Yes, Mrs. Tremond and they were, Magician Boy. They were seen in the trailer spot where Chet found the ring. So they right. they were seen there. Right. So. Because then either my, they're around like Leland or something like that, or like it's the um, entrance to the Black Lodge is there. 
I think check goes in and then it disappears because yeah, yeah. could. I think there are probably many entrances to the Black Lodge. Yeah. In fact, I have a working theory of late <laughs> that the Lynchiverse includes many different Lynch movies, and all of these movies have kind of this entrance to the Black Lodge thing. Mm-hmm. An eraser head with the with you know the woman um, who in says the radiator. Yeah, the woman <laughs> in the radiator. Silencio and Mulholland Drive. I'm sure there's something from Lost Highway that I'm forgetting, but like there's all these kind of. places where a story is happening and then time just kind of stops and you get this sort of like purgatory waiting room place. So I think that there could be many entrances and Mrs. Tremond and the magician boy are Doug Puzz trying to (laughs) suck evil. (laughs) We've gotten deep into it today. It's true. So are we ready to leave Deer Path and go to Twin Peaks? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Such a breath of fresh air just when they when you get the theme music and it's like kind of slowed down. Dude. And you're like, oh, we're back. <laughs> like Twin Peaks. This is what we know. Right. Nice. Nice seeing Bobby and hearing that high school music again. I know. They like make it so that you're just like relieved to see these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. This this movie has Moira Kelly playing Donna instead of Lara Flynn Boyle. And uh, we're, Melissa and I at least for sure, are big Moira Kelly fans. I think she does an awesome job. Gentlemen, what's your take on the Moira Kelly, Lara Flynn Boyle? I mean, it's always difficult when they recast a central character to get just past, you know, the... It ruins your suspension of disbelief a bit. True. Um, I thought she was good. I think Laura Flynn Boyle was good, too, in the few yeah. good scenes they gave her, so... Yeah. No disrespect yeah. to either of them. It worked. She, she, uh, Moira did a good job replacing her, though, so I was yeah. fine with it. Agreed. I mean, I don't really have much yeah. to add. I mean... You bring up a good point, though. It could be that her scenes were better written in the movie, I think. Yeah, that could yeah. be. I mean, there's, they definitely make her more kind of quirky and dark like she but also very innocent yeah and she, she gets some to, good she wants to go out with laura at night and laura's like nighttime's my time right <laughs> but yeah. i i like i i really liked the scene between the two of them after school where they're like on the couches and moira kelly is talking yeah, about that's... space and she's you know kind of a dreamy sort of nerdy girl, kind of. And that's a little bit of a different color than Lara Flynn Boyle had. Like, I never for a second thought Lara Flynn Boyle was nerdy in any way. And Moira Kelly, I could kind of see, like, you're a little weird, and I kind of like it. Like, you have this, like, thing about you. Yeah. Um, And it's their relationship was really, really strong. I really felt like they had great chemistry, her and Cheryl Lee. Well, they got to act together more than Right, than just That's true. Speaking of Laura Flynn Boyle, like, I feel like there's, uh, as much as you need to be a Twin Peaks series watcher to like, to want to watch this movie and probably enjoy it, at the same time, it's like, you sort of, obviously we know Laura's going to die, and she has like this sort of fatalism, this whole movie, which is just kind of, it gets exhausting after a while, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She's like so resigned to death and Mm -hmm. she's just like, okay, I'm just going to do blow and fuck strangers and whatever because I can and I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. Right. It's really extreme. (laughs) But has good reason to. I mean, it's a really disturbing picture that they paint at the Palmer house and like, 
I just have to say, like, Cheryl Lee and Ray Wise, both of them, I think, just are amazing in this movie. And it, it's just, it's incredibly disturbing. And they handle it like they do it. And it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, they And they, you know, they go maybe too far <laughs> in the one shot that they have of Leland, like, on top of her. That's maybe the one shot too far. Yeah. It was enough with insinuation. in other, Like, the scene, the first scene where we see them together at the Palmer house is real disturbing. Leland's, like, harping on her about washing her hands. Yeah. And it's a disturbing throwback to Bob putting the the letters the under letters her fingernails her like because yeah. he's saying there's dirt under her fingernails and she's dirty oh, that's true. and it's yes. just bizarre because we can assume at this point Lord knows Bob comes in at night has been since she was 12 but she can't put who Bob is right and mm-hmm. then it's not until like dad starts acting really weird well, right so, or she gets like the message that I forget how she gets it but that Bob is like I think from the kid. Yes. That Bob is like in her house. He's under yeah. the fan. Right. And then so she goes home and she sees Bob. Which is terrifying. I mean, that's like a terrifying Behind the dresser scene. looking for her uh, yeah. journal. Yeah. And then she runs outside and sees her dad leave. Right. But she doesn't fully believe it yet. Right. Yeah. She, she starts crying on the yeah. ground and saying, like, it's not him. She and seems so. to know, but she doesn't yeah. want to let herself. Yeah, she's right. in denial. Yeah. Right. Similar yeah. to so. Sarah Palmer, yeah. who this is a yeah. different, like, take on Sarah, too. I think in the series, they talk about Sarah being drug, like, Leland drugged Sarah. But here, there's much stronger allegations that Sarah knew what was going she on. I don't think so. No, I don't think she knew, though. Oh. I because... Think- he sh- again, the horse the horse appeared again, and she was drugged when he... But at the dinner table scene, yeah. Yeah, but she knows abuse is happening. Yeah. She maybe doesn't okay. know he's right. molesting her, right. but right. she knows abuse is happening. And even when she takes the milk, she looks like she knows she's about to be, like, poisoned or, like, drugged up and, like, allows herself to well, be she's because... she's certainly abused, too, and... Yes, no one's saying that she's not abused, but, oh, I mean, okay. she's... Yeah. And many, unfortunately, like they say, many times when a kid's been molested by a parent, the other parent will defend, like, their partner. Like, they'll... Sarah probably... Because it's so horrifying to think about. Sarah probably would have or did, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, the level of tension she exhibits at the dinner scene is, like, it's inappropriately high for just what's happening there. Right. Like, there's clearly a history behind... Yeah, there's abuse. ...that level of upsettedness that she has. Yeah, yeah. And... I mean, Leland does an awesome job, too. Right after the dinner scene, we get that scene where he's just, like, sitting on the bed, and he's silent, and it's like you see Bob, like, leaving him and him becoming Leland and, like, going and telling Laura, like, I love you, and his whole voice and his face changes. Yeah. He really really does such a good job. The whole Palmer family really... They're great. Yeah. Even Sarah, who I used to think was a little over-the-top soapy, now I'm like, no, she's good. Like, she's the right level of dramatic, you know? So now they all know how it's supposed to play out. Right. And so I feel like they're acting better because they do know what's going on. They have right. the whole story as opposed to, like you told us, they didn't know until the yeah. film was... And then you have to kind of go back and be like, I should play this a little bit differently because... Right. And they do, so, I mean, to Tom, you made the point earlier that you think that 
Ray Wise could have probably handled the information of like his character being the killer and played oh, that. Yeah. And like now we see that he can handle that information yeah. and like yeah. weave it into his character yeah. beautifully. So, you know, he's awesome. Cheryl Lee is awesome. I mean, I just was thinking about how much she like had to go through for this role, like all these different with all the coke and the sexual stuff and the like yeah. Where she's kind of funny too, like when she's really high with Bobby. She's just so phenomenal yeah. that I'm, you know, I can see why David Lynch wanted to do a prequel so that she could be heavily featured versus mm. had he like continued the story on, you really can only feature Laura so much, you know, if you're not going to bring her back to life. <laughs> so, true. yeah. Um, other things we meet. Oh, this was interesting. So I'm going to give some retribution to Tom here because James in the movie is a lot better. I don't know what happened between Twin Peaks and Fire Walk with me. My theory is... yelling at him. (laughs) My theory... (laughs) My theory is that he was on that movie A Few Good Men and got some... Could be. uh, Some acting lessons (laughs) from uh, Kevin Bacon and Tom Cruise. Yeah. We have to... to Was Kevin Bacon in that? He was, yeah. Ah, nice. I mean, he's a lot better. I, I mean, he's still not, no one would call him subtle, but he's not like screaming and like. Yeah, he's no. not over he's, he's okay, and he's, maybe he's, maybe he's better with Cheryl Lee. Maybe there's more chemistry there, but he does good. He's okay. Yeah, I still don't understand now going back on why Donna and James were ever together. But they set that up a little bit because Donna's talking about like, there's no, there's no question. Why would you be with Bobby? Which we find out she's with Bobby because Bobby gives her Coke. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Bobby knows that too. And kind of says like, you can just say, because at this point he's already sleeping with Shelly, as he's said in later when he comes to the sheriff's department in the TV series, he's like. I was with Shelly while I was with Laura. Like, I've been with Shelly a long time now. So, he's with Shelly. Yeah. They don't show any of him with Shelly, though. No. They do show Shelly for a minute. She's helping Laura with the Meals on Wheels. And Laura freaks out. She doesn't like Meals on Wheels. (laughs) (laughs) She's keeved out by old people is what I've decided is her story there. Because Norma, like, gives her shit about it. She's like, no, Shelly, you're going to go and do this. (laughs) I love little things like that. Like, they're so cute. Um, Yeah, James is decent. Uh, Bobby has some more decent scenes, too. Like, I don't know. I think maybe Bobby's a little better in the movie than the TV series. When Laura kind of manipulates him into getting her coke. Yeah. He does this backwards dance into the school. Yeah. And so does everyone else is (laughs) dancing Uh, around. It's true. (laughs) Some great um, music. Angelo Badalamente. I always butcher it. I'm sorry. No, that was um, correct. The the little... There's the one song that he that has some like speaking in it that I think is really really good and the score the you know the soundtrack is really good I like it a lot, um, yeah. Can we also just as we're talking about Bobby, how he kills a guy? <laughs> Can oh, we yeah. just talk about how you Bobby... killed Mike, Bobby? <laughs> Bobby killed a guy. <laughs> Bobby kills a guy. Yeah, Bobby then, kills a guy. Then Laura is like helping burying the body and she just <laughs> puts a stick on top of it. <laughs> one stick. That was like. She was laugh out loud funny in that yeah, scene, which yeah. is like very difficult to imagine. But a murder why did scene. Bobby yeah. kill so, a guy. Yeah, let's unpack. Like, <laughs> well, the guy was pulling out a gun. He thought he could. Right. They so were both so high. Yeah. yeah. And, and he shot. 
so the guy's gonna pull out a gun, he shoots him in the shoulder, then the guy turns, and then he shoots him in the head? That right, which, sense. surprising well, how those shot skills... shot him three times. Yeah, and one in the back. I mean, no. if the guy pulls a gun on you, you better finish the job, probably. Right. I can understand why it, it happened. Was it's just like, he, yeah. Is, yeah. he and Laura are so high in that scene, which, I don't remember if it was Tom or Melissa, but you said, like, what a dumb idea to get super high before a, like, scary drug exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that was really like, dumb. Because it's, like, thousands of... It's, like, ten grand worth of coke or something. And everybody's mm. floating everyone else. Like, we learn about the drug chain between, like, Jacques Renault and other Renault and whoever Bobby else, and it and doesn't Leo really matter. And... Yeah, everyone's got a tab. Yeah, but they're all like, come on, I'm good for it, man. And it's like, what? You're... <laughs> Like high school, are all just using You have ten grand. You know, for your drug deals. Not okay. Yeah, it's I mean, just. I guess you can turn it around. If you're yeah, ten grand, maybe. You can make. <laughs> but that scene is phenomenal, and Cheryl Lee is great in that scene. I love her. Like that, she's so high. She thinks he killed Mike. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, and then Bobby's like. Did I kill Mike? Is that Mike? That was weird. Like, why throw Mike in there? That mix at all? Like, just because they're think so the guy's high. name was Mike, and maybe he was it. maybe he was blonde, and they're just or, really high. Yeah, I think that was I the joke. Know. Is like they're know. just really fucked yeah. up. And Laura got in her head like, Bobby, you killed Mike. And oh, then, right, right. And then Mike, Bobby's so high that he's like, No, did I kill Mike? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just like kind of great. I I love the way that she is in that scene. I think Shirley just like, man. Hits it out of the park in this movie. I can't believe she didn't have more of a career. Like, it's just, you know. Maybe a little, uh, yeah, a few projects here and there. The scene, Definitely, no, she was not a breakout star, though. Um, I want to talk about the scene with her and Leland in the car where the (laughs) one-armed man, like, chases them down. And Leland starts freaking out. Um... They're, like, meeting Mom for brunch. He goes and picks up Laura from Donna's. <laughs> after and, their night of hookering. Yep, which will... Oh, yeah, we should, we should talk <laughs> about that, that too. after the night of... Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah. We should, we should definitely hookering. talk about the night of hookering. Uh, but Thank you to say hooking. Hooking. <laughs> That's right. We're not up on the lingo. Um, <laughs> Sorry. All yeah. I have in my notes is, so Laura's a hooker now? Because <laughs> she's... They're definitely... The, the well, drug addiction mention, plays a bigger deal in this. Like, she's doing it for money for coke. They oh, do. Yeah, ma- I they do have starts hookering. Well, they, <laughs> it's my note. She does. She does mention that she was kicked out of One Eye Jack. So like she a bunch of times. So right. she had already been hookering at One Eye yeah. Jack. Hooking. <laughs> oh, oh right. hookers hook. She was hooking. Uh, it's sex workers, <laughs> but we can call it hooking for the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> because that's what my first thing was. Was now no disrespect doing... to sex workers. Yeah, no disrespect. <laughs> um. That she was doing this kind of shady hooking. So, instead of yeah. being like. Instead of using like, a pimp like a normal hooker. Or like well, having a classy up. establishment of one eye jacks where yeah. I was like. But well, she was kicked out. What sort of Bush League stunt is this? Yeah. yeah. I think. So I took it as a necessity thing. And I took it two, two motives she'd have one, money for Coke. To to feel something, anything. Mm-hmm. Because she to to your the fatalistic thing, Tom, is dead on. Right. She thinks she's gonna die. She's given 
and up she to thinks it. her yeah. dad is probably raping her. Right. So she's, yeah. like, so she's just like probably doesn't want to live. She much even tells Donna that she's gonna spin until she bursts into flames because the angels right. won't help you because they all went away. Yeah, and you can't it's, really yeah. blame her for her yeah. behavior. Like, I think. Yeah, I think that they really paint a picture of her just kind of... That's a perfect image of her just spinning out of control. And yeah. Although I can blame her for having no self-standards. Like, she, I think that guy only slips her, like, 20 bucks. And that's all she true. Says, all she says is, like, well, that won't get you all the way. But she still, like, hangs out with yeah. him all night and is, like, making out well, with him as no, friends for 20 no, because then she's trying to prove to Donna that she, Donna doesn't want this lifestyle. So, yeah. like, she's like, no... But then Donna's like, what you doing? She's like, you don't want me doing what I'm doing. Like, look what I'm doing. Right. She does her <laughs> one thing is that she does yeah. not want Donna to follow in her shoes. Like, right. she really, yeah, like, true. no matter what, she cares about Donna Although she still, like, Donna. brought Donna to, like, the next bar and, like, where they're all doing yeah, drugs. Yeah, which I think oh, that yeah, is... Yeah, well, that, at that point, she's, like, Donna's in it, you know, like... And she, she's been drugged, too, yeah. Donna. Right. I think it's I think it's one of totally Melissa's dead on. I think that like it's Laura being like, okay, you want to escalate, but I don't think Laura would have, as we see, because when yeah. Donna yeah. is yeah. finally like has her top off and a guy is like making out with her, Laura freaks the fuck out and starts mm. screaming yeah. and it says it's because she's wearing her jacket, right, which is a yeah, which is a not, like ploy real. to just right just protect. So. Donna. Yeah. But, like, I think, yeah, I think Laura's just spinning out of control. She says in Twin Peaks, or Harold reads in The Secret Diary, like, she has these dreams of big men and how they might use her. And, like, I think there's, there's, she also has some, like, S&M fetish stuff going on, too, which probably, like, could be just a regular kink or it could come from, like, her, uh, you know, traumatic her past. traumatic past. But that's definitely there, too. So I think that there's, like, an element of, like, she enjoys it. She wants to feel something. She wants to escape from her, like, horrible, horrible life. Because when they do do the scene with her and Bob and slash Leland, like, she's enjoying herself. Mm -hmm. And then and they make that very clear. Yeah. Because they could have gone another way with it. They could have made it rapey, and they don't. Right. Like, they make it Almost sexual. Consen yeah. Consensual. Consensual. Yeah. She's, like, getting off on it, and it's... And they just show one flash of Leland, and it's still, to me, one flash too much, because we already know it's Leland, and we probably don't need to see that, but... Yeah. Um, but to that's go back... That's when she... Wait. That's when she, like, is, has gotten a lot of clues that was... Right. So that She's was had after... the pages have been torn from her diary. Yeah, yeah. She The little magician kid says he's right. under... Yeah. She know, she's starting to put it together. Yeah, to put but it to together, go back yeah. to the pink room, because there's a lot of stuff that happens there. So the pink room is the, the room in the back of... Um, the Bang Bang Bar. Oh, that's where that, they, they just went to the next room. Yeah, it's just this. It's the same bar. No way. It's I didn't the same bar. It. They just because I thought they went like somewhere no, because it's over the Canadian border. So it's like okay that it's that they're doing because they go uh, welcome to Canada. So it's the the pink room. Oh, I only caught it this time, but um, shoot. Okay. So we'll have to hope mine stays. Yeah. But um, so it's the pink room, and it's in okay. it's past it's over the Canadian border. So that's why they're can have their that's tops can, off yeah. and drug each other. Right. And, um, Anything goes in Canada. Canada. Yeah. That's their portrait of it. Like, Canada, <laughs> yeah. like so different There's from how we picture Canadians. Canada. I just thought they really didn't well, like, care. And, like, I, I think <laughs> right. back when Twin Peaks and this was filmed, like you could like still drink at 18 in Canada. So, right, like, yeah. I thought you people, still can. I think in now certain is, areas. Maybe, I don't know. I think, I think yeah, like, like, 18 or 19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still... 
But one thing that I thought was really interesting about how they did this scene was the choice of having the music really loud and it felt like you're really at a bar because mm-hmm. they had subtitles yeah, for the dialogue because you can barely yeah. hear them over yeah. the music. I like that. I like that. I thought little... it was really a cool choice. Yeah. Like a really good... And yeah. I liked that Laura uh, and Laura and um, Ronette, who we meet, or see again... Yeah. Um, had the guys go down on them. Like, they just like snapped. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're like, go down on us. And I'm like, yeah. I do like that there's some, you know, they're they're getting as good they as are. they're giving. You know, it's fair. And, and GGG, if you I'd will. I'd like to say I, I would like those subtitles in actual, like, loud bars sometimes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's For like myself, a great invention. Like, if there was yeah. a way to do that, could you imagine? Virtual. So you just, like, read well, we could all just talk into our phones. That's where Google Glasses or something could, like, yeah, you just have good. like word yeah. bubbles pop up. Yeah. That would be freaking cool. Yeah, and then I wouldn't have to be screaming at the Exactly, bars. exactly. Yeah. Just nodding, right. not understanding what not I understanding was saying. A word. And then you go, wait, what? What did I agree to? <laughs> the puppy, sh- the pirate shirt. Yeah. So the pink room, we we. We and also I think, find out that Teresa, this is also oh, where we yes, get, like, the Teresa, Teresa stuff. Oh, they knew Teresa, yes. Yeah, yeah, we find out, like, she's been dead for, like, a year. And, and like, she's blackmailing some rich guy, which is Leland. Which um, is, yeah. she's yeah. like, Probably she was going to yeah. strike it rich because she's going to blackmail this rich guy. And then, yeah, oops, and it's Leland. you blackmailed the wrong guy. Yeah. And, and she's blonde, and Leland in the flat. They do show kind of Leland's story with Teresa in flashbacks, and yeah. he's like, you look just like my Laura. It's just like, yeah. Disturbing. But when she, they almost did a threesome, he wouldn't do it because... He's, it was he saw his daughter. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he was Laura, like, no. Laura and Teresa not Teresa, but Ronette. Right. Laura, Ronette, and Teresa were gonna have a or sorry, Quad? Laura. No. It was Laura and Ronette and Teresa got Leland. She was like the go between like he was gonna do it with the two girls. Oh yes, girls. yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying bring your friends. As Bob, next time. yeah. 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 And yeah. then he I see what you're that saying. Was like the mem- yeah, yeah. That was the memory yeah. when he He's was... seeing Donna and yeah. Laura and then flashes to a memory of Ronette and yeah. Laura in yeah. like their little corsets at yeah. one eyed Jacks. So or... like in this in the movie, like the the line between Bob and Leland is much more blurry. Like he seems to be yeah. like he can be sort of like half right. between and then come fully out or go fully Bob. And, like, the show, it seems kind of like it's one or the other. Right. And, like, Bob takes over and then Leland's not seeing or experiencing what's happening. So, I have a theory to explain that. That may be just me trying to defend David Lynch unnecessarily. But I think when Bob inhabits you, we know he feeds on fear and lust and, like, the pleasures and the gifted and the damned. And I think as you get closer and closer to giving in to Bob, the cracks start to be, like, more and more enlarged so you start to like go in and out of Bob and yourself more and more and even have times where you're like a little bit lucid and could remember when you're a Leland what you did as Bob which we see in Firewalk With Me but then I think once the crime is committed and Bob has his like blood debt Mm -hmm. of like killing Teresa then it's like then Leland has a reprieve of a certain period of time Mm -hmm. where like he doesn't have to like remember things anymore Mm because we do see him sort of remembering things with Teresa yeah. But then it'll like go away. And then he kill then it starts getting like more and more like the switches are being flipped more and more. Like in the car with him and Laura. Yeah. He's going kind of back and forth to your point between him and Bob, like, 
really fast and like we don't know when he's Leland and when he's Bob and like it's back and forth very quickly but then once he's killed Laura it like slows down again so I think like once Bob has his like debt of blood he'll chill out for a minute that's just my theory that like once a crime is about to happen that Bob drives he's like that's when he's really trying to push push you and drive you forward and like be more and more present but once he gets what he wants he'll like back off for a little bit which speaking right. of how many uh, people has Cooper killed as as the doppelganger right uh, which like yeah in we these 25 years has he killed anyone mm. or yeah. has he just been in a like holding pattern speaking of which I put years, I, like, I think I need to change the image of our last episode that I put on SoundCloud that is a big old spoiler yeah that was it's the I big mean, you're spoiler. supposed to watch it first you're supposed to watch the episode first and then listen to yeah, but yeah but if you're like flipping down, through and you see it but I know that would be the image you'd pick like because it, it is the a great, iconic it is a great image. image. Yeah. Um, we'll take a vote. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So we talked about... Oh, we get a moment with Laura and the log lady that I want to talk about. Lo- the log lady sees oh, yeah. Laura at the roadhouse. Yeah. I know we're kind of jumping around, listeners. but um, And the log lady says, like, once this fire comes on, it's difficult to put out. So once again, it just... Fatalistic Tom is, like, the perfect word. Because it, it's like everybody knows... All the people who have the the um, prescient visions, like Sarah and the log lady and Laura to some extent, um, like they know this thing is coming yeah, the log, and they're just kind of yeah. like letting it happen. The log lady says all goodness is in jeopardy. Right. Too, so. And there's like nothing yeah, that can yeah. be done. Very um, Innocence goes. Yeah. yeah. I noticed too, this could have been nothing, but Julie Cruz, the singer who we know from the series, lovely singer was wearing a red dress in the series and she's wearing a white dress in this. So I'm like, it's, you know, still purity before Laura's killed. And then in uh, Twin Peaks, she's wearing the red dress because the murder has taken place. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... There's a lot of... Because Laura goes searching for Bob, right? Right. That's what I have in my notes. Because when she told Harold... Yeah. Like... It's he's either gonna be me or kill me. So I'm oh, gonna that's go a find great him. Line. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go find him. Yeah. And so yeah. that's where she's like Yeah. She kind of flashes because he's already kind of inside of her, but not like in a sexual way, just like Right. He wants to be her. Because yeah, she, she be like her, and I was yeah. thinking about it and I'm like the scene where Laura's um like writing in her diary and she's got like booze and she's kinda of, like I'm like if you were going to choose someone to be a beautiful, young, blonde, high schooler, like... Has a right, like cocaine. That's like, <laughs> great. Excellent choice. You know, if Might you're attracted well. to the pleasures, like, no one's having more pleasures than Laura. You know, I mean, but she has pain, too, and there's, like, so much that I mean, Bob's feeding on. Caused right. by most, Bob Leland. Right. It's a <laughs> circle because right. Bob's causing the pain. Ooh, which is just what the one-armed man says. It's a perfect circle. Appetite. Uh, satisfaction. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Melissa, look boom. at you. I, I, it was the first time, too, I saw a lot of similarities between Cooper and Laura in their kind of flawedness. You know, they have, like, a dark past. Their, dr- their curiosity, they both are the type who would go looking for the pages of the diary as opposed to me who would be like, fuck this, I'm going to come, like, <laughs> I'm out, you know? Um, like, go looking for Bob, which 
Oh, and by the way, too, that scene where um, Frank Silva's moving the dresser, that was the first Frank Silva scene that they shot ever. Mm-hmm. So that was the one where he was, like, really moving the dresser, and David Lynch was like, hold it, are you an actor? So, like, they didn't use it in Twin Peaks. They used it in Fire Walk With Me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so creepy and scary. I mean, Bob is such a better villain than Wyndham Earl. Like, oh, yes. oh my God. Any day. But... Yeah, I saw more parallels between Coop and Laura, especially in the waiting room, Black Lodge, where they were, like, together. I'm like, okay, they have that same sort of gifted spirit where they're going for the truth. And and I'm just going to jump to the end. I'm sorry. Go for it. So were they in the room with the angel coming at, or was that at the end of the series? That was at the end of the movie. So oh, you'll remember, movie. listeners, yep, that right. I kind of fucked up the way we viewed this by <laughs> doing... But weirdly, actually, it works Kind of works, but great, could be right? bad, too, depending well, on how you look yeah. at it. But so, um, we saved it. We, we saved you guys, so. basically, from the worst. But yeah, that's the end of Fire Walk With Me is the angel. Because well, we angels... Because Laura thinks that angels have all gone away, and yeah. then when the angel goes away in her painting is when she gets killed. The painting right? is real weird, too. Like, yeah. it keeps changing. It's hung on in her... Well, why she hangs up in, the painting, too? That's the that's that's other like death yeah. wish, too. Like, Mrs. Tremont and the, the cream corn, corn boy one. give her... A painting oh, they of gave, they gave, they gave her that like doorway to the Black Lodge. Yeah. Another well, doorway. Two paintings we're talking about, right? Yeah, door two paintings. Painting and the, yeah. or picture, yeah. and then the, the angel angels. Painting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're set. Okay. And yeah. the the one painting that Mrs. Schumann gave her. It's probably are... changing for you because it's two different paintings. Right. Well, I thought the 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 angels leave the yes. painting. Yes. That's correct. That painting, the change. The both okay. the paintings change. Yeah. So okay. the angel one that she already had in her room, which is like cherubs around a table and there's an angel the angel leaves but then she's given a painting by mrs tremont and cream corn boy of a door right of a door that is i think a door to the black lodge or waiting room or whatever we want to think of it because then she just hangs it up right in front of her bed and she's like i'm gonna go to sleep now right (laughs) and stare at this painting she also does sort of a brave thing in that She's told in her dreams, she has a dream where she sees Annie, which was where I was like, okay, we got to stop this because Annie and Black Lodge, if we hadn't seen the last episode, we wouldn't have spoilers. But um, so Annie says, you know, the good Dale is in the Black Lodge. Um, And can't leave, right? Right. And then she sees Cooper and Cooper says, don't put on the ring. But when Laura is being murdered... She puts on the ring, and when she does, that's when Teresa gets freed by the angel. Or not Teresa, um, Renette. So I think the fact that Laura put on the ring draws Bob to her and takes Bob's gaze completely away from Renette, because by all accounts, But then Bob can't possess her, though. Right. But it's also guaranteeing her death. Right. Like, she's guaranteeing she's You either die or you get possessed. Exactly. So she's... Taking, you know, taking this on to spare Ronette. Because Ronette knows that that's what's happening. And by, Ronette, the way, by the way, the one-armed man throws the ring into the train car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the one-armed man supposedly is supposed to be like hand. There. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, My that was a little... Uh, I think the, having the one-armed man there was a little, like... He's supposed to be good. Like, um, he's supposed to be turned good yeah. and trying he to is fight good. Bob. Yeah. He's fighting. He's trying but to he fight does Bob. A, Poor job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, he's not good at that. I guess he can't directly fight him because he's a... 
I mean, he he has to like. I mean, maybe just because his physical yeah. vessel is weaker right. than Leland. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And Ronette, like, she is able to just kind of free herself because Leland Bob is just not paying attention to her. Yeah, and that's when she sees the angel, which. Was the angel Laura, or was it no, another actress? No, I'm pretty sure like it was a different actress. Okay. Yeah. But um, she just, like, frees herself and goes, and then, you know, is able to kind of stumble away because Leland slash Bob had no interest in her. You know? So she's like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also learned that I never thought when I watched Twin Peaks that Jacques and Leo, as much as they were pigs, I didn't think they actually, like, raped Laura, but Jacques definitely rapes Laura. Yeah, there's we a learned. lot of Jacques here. Yeah. But it's more like, I don't know if it's... Well, she just didn't want to be tied up. Yeah, yeah, but then he ties her up and she's like screaming and yeah. then it cuts away. He... Like, he rapes her. Okay, yeah. 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 Which in the show, I was like, I thought that they were just partying because right. she does say she likes big men. And like, yeah. you like big men, Jacques's your guy. Well, if I remember, I mean, I'm not saying like that you're wrong, I just... I think I just remember her saying like, "Please untie us." Like maybe she liked getting tied up in the first place. No, when she when she is tied up initially, she she's saying, want that. "Don't tie oh, me up! Okay. I don't want that." She says, "No, no, no!" and is like screaming, oh, and okay. then they like cut but away. Then they right. cut away to like him going outside. Or, oh, I guess he's yeah. like pulling up his pants when he's done, oh, and just like true. walks away. And then she's like, "Can you untie me?" And he can't even be bothered to do that. You know, yeah. so like yeah. when she died, yeah. she had two different kinds of rope burns. I don't doubt that she likes yeah. being tied up, but if you like being tied up 99 times and the 100th time you don't and you say no, like it's still yeah, right, right. You know, right. like so I mean, that was like a little bit more aggressive than I in the series I always yeah. thought like Jacques and Leo and her and Renette just kind of partied and then they all kind of passed out and then Leland killed her. Yeah. I didn't think like they actually like raped her, so that was a little bit more intense. Then mm-hmm. I remembered. It's, it's a very intense movie. It is. It's definitely not a feel good film. <laughs> no. And then Leo just like fucks yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of leave the girls there. So, so Leland uh, knocks out Jack. And then Leo and he, sees that. And Leo goes, sees it. Peace out. And then he out. pieces yeah. out and leaves the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah. needed more reason to hate Leo, there you go. <laughs> so. And the yeah. only other scene he's in is beating Shelly. <laughs> yeah. Right. For the, and I think it's actually for the first time because oh. Shelly, Shelly kind of, sassy. she's still a little no, sassy. No, it's not the first no, time. No, I think it is. No way. I think there's no a chance way. it is. No way. In that scene, maybe. Because no. he's like, I'm going to teach you how to clean this. No, that's not the first time he I mean, I'm just saying like, no way. there was clearly a period of time <laughs> where he didn't beat, beat her. Yeah, he's been... Yeah, he's been I mean, I'm, for a he's while. an. I'm, there's nothing good about Leo, but <laughs> okay. I'm not defending Leo at all. But I'm just saying it's interesting that. I, I just don't think that's the first time. 25 though. years later, he's still holding onto an anvil with his teeth. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a good chance he is. <laughs> so. Old no, not an anvil, it's a basket a of tarantulas. Oh, yeah, tarantulas. Oh. Oh, Sorry, so. I was thinking more of a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we were all thinking that before they but as they were like panning oh. up the string and you're like what is he holding like um, Wiley Coyote like yeah. <laughs> not that I want us to unpack the actual murder but there's two things I want to talk about with the actual murder Leland does say a couple times don't make me do this once Laura puts on the ring exactly so yeah. like he doesn't want to kill her which yeah. I think the ring is like she won't be possessed but she will be killed yeah. if she puts right. it on or is he talk- well you think he's talking to her or Bob Bob okay yeah he's like don't make me do this 
So he knows, for sure, in that moment at least. But as as Leland says in the series, he's like, and when he was gone, I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It's then, weird uh, because every time I, like, even with the Palmer dinner scene, which is the first scene with, with Leland, if you hadn't met Leland in Twin Peaks and that's the first scene you see of him, you're like, I fucking hate Leland, he's awful. But right. then two seconds later, you feel sorry for him. And that's where Ray Wise is so brilliant because I don't, like, I feel sorry for him. I don't hate him. I don't, yeah. he's not the bad guy to me. Right. Like, no, no, he's, Bob is the bad guy. And then, uh, so the man from another place does not let Bob kill Leland. Because he was, when they were right. in the Black Lodge or waiting room or whatever, he Leland says, I has want all of my garmenbosia, which is yeah. pain and sorrow. They yeah. say, like, they actually spell that out in mm-hmm. parentheses, which I always thought, I just thought it was pain and sorrow. They actually mm-hmm. tell you. Mm-hmm. So garmenbosia is cream corn. David Lynch must have, as a kid, been, like, traumatized by cream corn. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make cream corn literally mean pain and sorrow. Um, I'm right just, there with them. Just to get back to your <laughs> commentary, it's like, yeah, like all, you, need, you see all the good you need to see in... Uh, Leland in that one scene where he like is going to after the dinner scene where he goes yeah. into Laura's bedroom so yeah good. and he's yeah. like so torn up and like yeah. you can tell like how much is that? he's yeah he's good he's phenomenal yeah. and again like another actor who I mean he definitely works and he's in a lot like Pat and I were like looking at his I'm he's like in a, a lot of stuff yeah works consistently but isn't like a star by any means no and, he's like, just like in one episode here and there. Yeah, and he's great. And he's just got, like, this quality where he can be really soft and sweet and loving, and then he can be very scary, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Cheryl Lee has that quality, too. And I love that Cheryl Lee, to me, I know I said this last time, but, like, she's not Hollywood pretty. She's beautiful, certainly, but, like, she looks like a normal person, and she's very real and, like, visceral, and you feel like you could talk to her and she would be like a normal human. There is something about her voice though that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, she has a bit of a baby Marilyn Monroe breathy thing going on. Yeah, it's she does, something yeah. about it just kind of long dialogues just make me upset. I could not imagine. I mean, if it was on mute it would be fine because I think <laughs> she's a great actress but it's just how she speaks mm-hmm. was weird to me. I think this part would know. be just so but traumatizing. I doubt that with Maddie, though. Maybe it's something with how she's... Per- I, I thought I was more annoyed by Maddie, actually. Really? But... I well, I Well, one thing Maddie, I wonder with Laura... I don't know. I never looked up, like, how old Cheryl Lee was when she did this. But you look at, like, Moira Kelly and Cheryl Lee. And, like, Moira Kelly looks like she's 17 or 18. Yeah. And, like... Cheryl Lee looks like she's, like, 31. (laughs) You know, like, she's very uh, worldly and, like, has an edgier side to her. Most of of the high school women were in their 20s, I think. Right, which is, of course, you should not have a real teenager playing Laura Palmer. (laughs) That would be absolutely inappropriate. But, like, it's totally fine that she's in her 20s, but she seems even older than that, and I don't think it's because she was (laughs) older than that. I think it's because she has that kind of, like, thing that's just, like, a type that she just seems, like, knowledgeable and worldly. She's 25. Interesting. And I think she seems older than that. It's not that she looks older, but she just seems, like, knowledgeable and worldly. Yeah, I mean, Moira Kelly positively seems like Alice in Wonderland (laughs) compared to... Laura. I mean, she's just like wide-eyed, kind of. She's only a year younger, though. 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I just think sometimes people, age is such a like thing that you project and not a, oh, the buzzer. Is that your buzzer? Oh no, no. it's a honking horn. <laughs> We're about to have a party for this season three. So should we talk about season three predictions? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good oh. idea. So my big prediction is that Cooper was caught by the doppelganger Cooper and that the that where Leland was Leland possessed by Bob, Cooper now in the world of Twin Peaks, like in season three that we're gonna see, is actually doppelganger Cooper and Bob. And that good Cooper is in the Black Lodge yeah, he's, still. He's mm-hmm. still there twenty five years. Right. Later. Like, I don't yeah. think that the good Cooper made it out. I think that what we're going to see in this season of from Kyle MacLachlan is pure evil, but trying to put, like, flashes of Cooper in there. Yeah, he's going to... He's definitely going to be Cooper. He's going to be Cooper, because we want to see Cooper. Yeah. Right. But they've hidden him from the trailers. There's, yeah. like, one shot of him where he's driving, and he looks very disturbed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he killed... He might have killed Harry S. Truman... Right, because we know Harry's no Harry. not in, mm. but Harry's brother or father or some someone yeah. named Truman is. Why, why do they always have like when a character like dies off? Why do they always have to like replace him with like a relative? Right, why? like that's not how it works in real life. So like, there is a there's a <laughs> little one should be the sheriff. It yeah. should be Hawk. Right, be Hawk is like God damn it, passed up again. So Jesus, the guy who's <laughs> playing uh, Frank Tr- Truman. Uh, Harry's replacement or relative or whatnot. He was supposed to be the sheriff originally. Right. In the original series. Uh, yeah. Actually, I want to point out yeah. um, one of the episodes uh, that I wasn't here to podcast about. I saw the one like big ball drop by Hawk, which is um, it's the episode where uh, Leo wakes up and he attacks Sher- yeah. Shelley and then runs off. And then, so the next morning, Coop and Harry come into the <laughs> office and are like, what's going on? And Hawk's just like, oh, yeah. Like, he tells him some other stuff first. And then yeah. he's, he's about to walk away. He's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> so uh, Leo woke up and attacked Shelly and ran off in the woods. So, <laughs> that was the night before. Hawk hasn't been out using his excellent tracking skills to find Leo. Right. Couldn't, couldn't find this guy who's bleeding he was from a stab wound. Yeah. yeah. He didn't There's think... so much evidence through the woods that he could track him. He didn't even oh, leave with so that story. It's like, hey, we got a crazy man on the loose. Yeah, good point. <laughs> right. Good point. So yeah. a couple, couple points minus for Hawk, but still yeah. excellent detective work overall. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that Audrey is like running the town a la Ben Horn. I hope that she's like the new big wig. It's really interesting if you look up the new IMDb page for Twin Peaks, like it has like the regular characters and what their title is, but other than that, like there's maybe one or two. Right. Yeah. Like supposedly oh, the cast special agent so and so. Christabel like... is gonna be in it. <laughs> David Lynch's new muse. Kelly's doppelganger. No, I wish. Michael Just because we both have prominent noses. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. I think some of those actors are really just fans of Twin Peaks that were like, mm-hmm. I will come and be an extra. I don't think there's Absolutely. any chance that all 214 of those people are in it. Yeah, it's a lot of Like, <laughs> that's... Mm-hmm. That's... And I think David Lynch is trying to fuck with us, as he does. But he does. what is he really does. chilling, and we didn't talk about this, oh my god. You guys, we didn't talk right. about um, Laura in... Laura says, I'll see you again in 25 years. Right. Did we talk about Okay, we did talk about it. Oh, a little bit. Oh, I ended the last podcast. Okay, good. That Laura says that, which is amazing. I'm not saying that that's... 
what's happening here that they like it's, really plan to do this 25 no, years later just, but uh, the fact that they it's did a happy coincidence is amazing yeah it's, it's amazing it's and i love like, that when she says meanwhile i feel like her meanwhile is then the 25 years like mm. everything that mm-hmm. happens and in she the does 25 the little years, symbol she does the, like meanwhile you can't see because it's a podcast but it's you like all know the symbol i mean yeah she just the her hands like mm-hmm. It's impossible to describe hand gestures. That's, I was about to try, and then I'm like, Jesus Christ. Anyone who's listening to this podcast knows what the Laura Palmer, meanwhile, looks like. Yes, yes. Um, but interesting, one thing that we do know is that Cheryl Lee is in it, and that she is her own age. Yeah. So How are they going to so explain that? how are they going to explain yeah. that is an interesting... You know, she's not, it's not like found footage from Cheryl Lee in her 20s. It's now Cheryl Lee, which Mm -hmm. she's still phenomenal. In fact, probably more interesting even with a little bit of age on her. We know that Donna's not in the series, which is fine with me. (laughs) We know that Heather Graham's not in the series, which is fine with me. Um, Kimmy Robertson, Lucy, is in the series, so. Nadine is back. Ed's back. We saw a shot Norma, in the teaser trailer of Nadine Shelley, and Ed together, so maybe they're still together. Bobby's back. Bobby's back. back. I could see Bobby. I would love it if Bobby was like um, Audrey's little stoolie, like her little like second in command, <laughs> like just yeah, like yeah. taking. One well, of the Hayward sisters is back though. Oh, Alicia Lynn's back. Yep. Good. Playing one of the Haywards. I mean, so. we wonder what is happening role. with the Haywards. Same role. Yeah. Yeah, same James role. is back, mm-hmm. we've seen. Yeah, um, James is really good. bad. He does. He looks like he possibly had cancer. I thought he was like Bob. Because yeah. I, thought, I was like, oh, who's this creepy guy? That's going to be a challenge, too, is that Frank Silva's dead, so they can't yeah. have Bob. They can only have Bob through Cooper, which they'll do. I think they really... They recast... I think that Kyle McLaughlin will be the villain in this series. That's my prediction, is that Kyle McLaughlin's the bad guy. Just as doppelganger. Yeah, he's doppelganger bad Cooper. He's ready to just fuck with everyone. (laughs) And they're going to trust him because they love him, and it's Cooper, and they're going to let him in, and he's just going to wreak havoc on their lives. I'm holding out hope for a Bob. But then I hope maybe good Cooper somehow gets out of the lodge and, like, kills bad Cooper and marries Audrey and (laughs) they have a million children and all is well. They're being kind of old to have those children. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. They they can adopt. They can adopt. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. Meanwhile, 